0: This is Walker McKibben. Welcome to our Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. We continue to honor the memory of my dad and his contagious passion for hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. Over the next hour, you will hear from my dad's friends and colleagues as they reminisce about their experiences with him in the woods, on the water, and in the bleachers watching me play. Y'all close them eyes. This is Let's Go There in our minds. The mind. Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the brand this country boy
1: praise thank God in made in this way. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day.
2: Good morning everybody and welcome to the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. My name is Scott Clow. I'm your host here as we are on episode number two of a four-part tribute series honoring the memory of Jamie McKibben, his accomplishments, and his love of the outdoors. If you missed last week's episode, you can download that anywhere you get your podcast by searching for the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show podcast, available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show, we will focus in on Jamie's love of archery, his trips out west into canada and we will talk with a sponsor of this show who knew jamie as a kid a young broadcaster and as a parent in the bleachers we start off with one of jamie's closest friends who met him as so many others had at shupek sporting goods
3: mark bacon i've known jamie mckibben back from gosh he was probably in his early 20s spread about 25 years or so how'd you guys meet um, archery up at Shupex. Bud was in there, too. Um, Bud I've known for. I was in high school when I knew Bud, so both those guys are good buddies. Um, you had Tim Tripp in there, uh, Mark Losey, um, Dave Hawkins, um, Terry Reynolds was in there. Big Don Williams? Don was definitely there. Don kind of ran the show up there. Were you involved in the hunting trip? Uh, with Don out west? Uh, we did one in Saskatchewan with Don. With oh, there's one in Colorado, too, yeah. Okay. Which I've been on so many different ones with those guys. So
2: Jamie told me this story a long time ago. The way he told me the story was Don and you, and I don't know who else was along with you. Uh, Terry Reynolds. And you guys decided to go to the bar eventually the drinks were poured long enough and the flight was missed
3: oh yeah i do remember that we were watching a football game it was on a sunday sunday afternoon how panicked was Jamie at that time? <laughs> that's bringing back some memories yeah that uh yeah we're all just sitting there watching the game and pouring some drinks and nobody's really paying attention to and then i just got brought up and said well what time's the flight and i'm like well i don't know i wasn't you know, none of us were paying attention. It's like, yeah, we missed that. And he just obviously put all that money down. He thought he was going to lose out on everything. <laughs> so yeah, but it actually worked out. We jumped on the next plane, uh, which had a lot less people on it. It was a lot of room, and then we had a layover. Um, it was uh, somewhere we had a layover, and uh, but we had time to jump on the next plane and go from there. Is that one of your first memories of going out with Jamie? What's the first time you went out with Jamie? You know, I don't know if that one or if it was a Wyoming trip. Um, We did some antelope and uh, mule deer hunts. That was quite an experience on that one, too. I kind of warned him about uh, one of our buddies, which I think talked to was uh, Larry Brown. Uh, You know, on the way out, I kind of warned, Larry's a great guy, Um, great buddy. Um, but when Larry says it's a 4x4, four four, it's only a 2x2. Two two. Or if it's a 12-inch antelope, it's only a 6-inch antelope. <laughs> and I warned Jamie about this. Somehow he got hooked up with Larry, and guess what happened? So <laughs> his first trip was a little disappointing because he did that to both of his animals. But he it, he revenged. He went back out another trip on us and... Uh, yeah, it went a lot better. He shot some nice animals in. Do you remember the first time you went hunting or fishing with Jamie? I couldn't tell you the first time. I mean, we've had so many trips. I mean, it's you know, between fishing it was Jamie and Bud and I for years. Yeah, usually it was uh it was either Jamie Colin, I or I'm calling Jamie, one or the other, because Bud was always in. Bud was, uh, you give him a call and he'll be there in 15 minutes. So usually Jamie still had to work or I still work. It was about what time we could get out of work to go.
2: What's impressed me in talking with so many different people about their experiences with Jamie in the outdoors is just the wide array of... Professionalism, the wide array
3: of age—it's a brotherhood I'm trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, and you know we're, we all look out for each other, just like fishing. I mean, it's it's the phone calls. Are you getting them? No. Uh, let's call so and so. It just goes from you know Mark Losi to um, Dave Hawkins. Um, there's several other and Jamie had a lot a lot more connections than I even had on these two. So. Um, he was usually making the phone calls if we weren't getting them. Or if we were getting them, we were letting the information out. So, Would you guys be
2: on the lake at the same time then? Yes. Or? Okay, so you all would go out to Lake Michigan in different boats?
3: Y- yeah, we would normally. I mean, it, it usually wasn't communication calls on who's going, who's not. It's usually it, when it's good, we're, we're all out there.
2: I think you were probably one of his closest friends.
3: Um. Yeah, actually I was in his wedding his, in Katina's wedding And then uh, just a couple years ago He was in my wedding Actually best man in my wedding
2: I remember him getting the call That you were getting married And it, it
3: wasn't Was it pretty spur of the moment? Uh, Jamie, every year as a joke He called me uh, At Christmas time And said When's the wedding? <laughs> he actually i don't think he called this year i well, started maybe it was a couple of years ago that he quit calling because i'm just giving up on that because it's not going to happen so i actually had to call him and tell him what uh was he one of your first phone calls oh absolutely yeah yeah matter of fact we uh sat in the kitchen uh, with my wife now and with Jamie to try to figure out a date because the date we had picked was actually he was gone with Walker and Katina out west. So, yeah, we switched that date.
2: Okay, so I'm going to bring up big Don Williams again. Don said, and I think Stephanie Shupak might have said too, If you were in Archery League and you found out you were up against Bud and Jamie, you were less than please.
3: Yeah, those two. Actually, Bud was my partner for a long time. And then Jamie was. And I kind of got out of it a little bit and those two hooked up. Um, Yeah, those two were tough. Um, Now, if I jumped in with Terry Reynolds, (laughs) they might have a little competition there. (laughs)
2: Don looked at me at one time and said, you're lucky to have Jamie in the radio because he could have been a professional archer.
3: Oh, yeah. I agree with that. He won the world championship? It was the world championship. uh, I believe it's a Cleveland Center, somewhere in Cleveland, one of their big outfits down there. It's a huge outdoor show that they do the same time. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to guess it was around 06 or something. But he, uh, he actually was I believe he was not only in his class high score I think he was high score in the, the whole in all classes What was his reaction when he won? Um, I think he was pretty pumped on that um, I think he tried getting us to buy the beers but I think he ended up buying the beers <laughs> we, we held out because we knew he was going to have a few beers so we got him on that one but, uh, yeah, that was a bad night. I think it was more of a worse night for Ron Cochran than it was for Jamie because Ron wasn't drinking much, and Jamie got into, you know, I just won the world. You're not even going to have a drink with me. So Ron just turned a corner on that, and, uh, yeah, he was in rough shape.
2: Would the phones ring that next morning just knowing that someone was in a bad way?
3: Um, Yeah, yeah it was a good good trip. <laughs>
2: What is it about the bond that you guys have? This group of this group of guys, this group of, of outdoorsmen, that at any point, at any time, and I've witnessed it—you drop whatever it
3: yeah, is. You're you're all there for each other. I mean, there's been uh, one year Jamie and Katina were actually putting up their Christmas present, their Christmas tree, and uh, I called Jamie. and said, "Hey, I need some help. I' had tracking a deer." And he basically dropped what he was doing and told Katina, I'll be back. <laughs> of course, I didn't know that time he was actually doing, putting up a Christmas tree with her, but he told me later. I kind of felt bad about that, but that's the way he roll. I mean, several times he's called me. Uh, the deer he shot just a couple of weeks before he passed. I was out with him on that one. He Tell me, me about up. that, Hunt. Uh, you know... Um, he I don't know, it's just I don't know. Just a tough talk about it. I get you. Yeah. To me, I've done this so many times with these deer. To make it exciting. It's <laughs> I mean, that's a memory I'll always have with him on that, to be there, you know, with him on that and tracking that deer. Um You know what? Hang on to it. That's yours. Yeah. You know, it takes all of us. He's got so many friends and from so many different divisions and that he's constantly going, going, going. So it takes all of us to keep up with him. Because if he's calling me and I'm not going to be able to go do something, he's calling somebody else. Or if he can't do that, he's going to call you, Scott, to do something. I mean, he's constantly going. This is a hard question. And take your time with it. But I think
2: you're the person to ask to tell me about the friendship
3: that Bud and Jamie had. You know... They used to go quite often, Kansas, Iowa. Uh, they would chase the whitetails. I didn't chase the whitetail as much. I did it for years. Um, you know, I, being a taxidermy, I see so many of them. I kind of got out of that. The fishing was the three of us. Um, plus, that time of year, I'm too busy with work, being at the store with the holidays coming up and stuff, and then the taxidermy, too. It kind of took that away from me being part of the whitetail hunts. So it was just the two of them. Um, The last couple of years, Bud was spending a lot more time with his wife. Um, She was retired. And even with the fishing, it's like, you know, when Bud was always the one we counted on being there in 15 minutes, it's like, oh, I'm up at Ludington with Lori or I'm down in Arizona with Lori. And we're like, good for you. You know, good for you, Bud. And we'll catch we'll catch your limit for you.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that was always a joke. But uh, this last year, Bud was able to make the trip with them. So I'm sure they're high fiving it, bringing back memories through their trips. That hey, it's good to see you back. And I actually uh, text. Jamie that morning and uh, I was about four hours before he um, was left seen at the dock so, but that's the last I heard from him.
2: what is his lasting legacy I know there's a lot but what's
3: the one that stands out for you you know his his obviously big dream was the radio stations. Um, I mean, his his first goals were definitely Walker and Katina. Um, you know, he worked his butt off so he could get out and go fishing. Um, and far as the hunting, I mean, he just, in the fishing, just never ends. I mean, he's, that's his time away from everything.
2: How many long-lasting friendships have you developed as a result of
3: knowing Jamie? Oh, several. Yeah. I mean, all of us, as far as the archery guys, all pretty much stick together, but there's so many other ones that are out there that uh, that he's picked up too through the years that, that I've met too. And uh, I mean, like you said, it's a different bond of guys that hunt. We're all helping each other out anytime you can. You know, one of the things with Jamie when uh, we'd get to his house, it uh, it was always give me fifteen minutes or so, and he's throwing the ball with Walker, getting his pitches in, and, or playing some shooting some hoops with him or something. So he always took care of Walker first. Jamie McKibben was famous for hey.
2: I gotta. We would ride somewhere together, and he would look at me and go, hey, can we stop in here? It's going to be five minutes. And half an hour to an hour later,
3: you're still there, but for some reason you don't mind. Right. We did that. We came back from walleye fishing one evening, and he uh, wanted to drop some fish off to Greg. And we somehow, Greg is in Adrian, yeah, Greg Green. Yeah, yeah, Greg Green. He's down in Adrian. Well, somehow we were in Dundee coming back, and he wasn't even thinking about it. And we got so no. First of all, we were down in Ohio. We took a wrong turn. We end up down in a, in uh, Ohio, and then we come back, ended up in Dundee. He's like, oh. He goes, are you okay to keep going on this? Because you know, I know it's getting late. I'm like, Jamie, it's fine. You want to get Greg, because he wanted to get Greg those fish. It didn't matter if it took him two hours to get where he's going. He knew he would appreciate it, and he wanted to get them to him. So, yeah, we drove probably three hours out of the way to get Greg those fish. (laughs)
1: Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the air.
0: Campfires are burning. We're gathered round in chairs.
2: Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. It's brought to you by Mackey's Body Shop, Krupa's Boat Mart, Knutson Sporting Goods, Addison Awning, Michigan Whitetail Properties, Hometown Heating and Cooling, Shupeck Sporting Goods, Performance Automotive Northwest, Powers Clothing. Rage Broadheads, and the Beef Barn. The next guest you know if you have ever set foot in the archery section of Shoe Sporting Goods in downtown Jackson. He is and has been the go-to guy for any, any bow-related issue. And of course, Jamie McKibben was quick to make him a friend.
1: Don Williams? Probably Jamie was 17 years old, 18. He come into the archery side to pick up some gear and a bunch of dog guys were there talking about beagles and rabbit hunting. And he asked if one of us would come down and bring a beagle down to his house. And so first time I hung out with him, I took my beagles down to his stepfather's house and we hunted. How long was this uh, interaction? Uh, we were working on his bow, I had at least 15, 20 minutes. So within
2: 15, 20 minutes, McKibben had you convinced to bring your dog to his
1: house. <laughs> I think I did it just because some kid wanted to go rabbit hunting, and it kind of excited me. We can turn somebody onto to this sport. I think that's why. But I also, like, shortly after that, he got a job at the radio station, and he, I went to the Y every day and played ball, and Jamie was quite a little point guard. And he started, after the radio station, started coming here and playing at noon every day. So I played ball with him for years at the Y.
2: Did you go out and do any other hunting with Jamie at that time, or was it all archery
1: leagues? Um, Archery leagues, and we went rabbit hunting quite a bit the first three or four years I knew him. But after that, he didn't live at home anymore. He was working for the radio station and stuff, and we'd still go out to his, I think it was his stepfather's place, and hunt out there. It was a nice little rabbit hole. I think we nailed quite a few. we take 20 gauges out and just, just shoot some rabbits. How do you prepare those? I like making a stuffing and baking them in a stuffing They're, and covering them up the complete time. They end up really tender. So, as Jamie
2: grew up, got older, you knew him before he worked for the radio station. What
1: kind of growth did you see even as an outdoorsman. Yeah, he was, you know, Jamie seemed old to me when I met him. He seemed like an old person at 17 and 18. And it's mature wise, he liked to play a lot. Like the hunting was his game and he liked to play a lot, but he was pretty mature as far as, I like getting into the radio and working hard and all that stuff. He liked to play just as much. We've been on some really nice hunts. We went up to Saskatchewan once. A bunch of people from our crew, there was a crew of people that hang out down here that he hung out with and did the hunting thing with. And some of them he was really close with. And they were brothers, a lot of them guys.
2: Well, Mark Bacon, one of those guys, uh, reaffirmed a story that Jamie had told me that involved you. Involving the first time he dropped a lot of his money on a hunt. And it involved Detroit Metro in a bar. Yes. Can you confirm this?
1: I'll confirm it, but I won't talk about the story. You
2: won't. I already got bacon on record. I've already got bacon on record,
1: so... What? He lied or didn't tell you, he didn't tell you. The, st- the There's a lot went on in that, I think it was about eight or nine days we were entailed to hold the hunt.
2: Well, I, travel.
1: I, I'm aware that there were some things
2: that happened on the trip, but I'm talking about before you ever left for the trip, and Jamie McKibben worried about all the money that he had spent on this ticket, the hunt itself, the guide, and you guys stopping into a bar
1: And missing the flight? (laughs) Yeah, but I wasn't drunk. (laughs) Them guys got drunk, and (laughs) they just partied too much, so we got there a little bit late. (laughs) He said during that whole time, though,
2: And it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because the way he relayed the story, because it was we were talking about you and and how I had uh, been getting to know you at the Y and how you punched me in the face at one of those benefits and seemed to relish in that. He said, you know, Don was the calming voice in that particular situation. Everybody else was just trying to egg me on, but Don egged me on a little bit, but he also reassured me, don't worry,
1: we'll get another flight. Yeah, well, I've worked with people a lot that you have to calm down, mostly archers. So the cool thing is when Jamie was young, I got to work with him quite a bit on his archery. And most people know Jamie was an Indoor World champion at one time. So, we had a, There's a crew that used to travel, about 50 guys from the central Michigan area, and Jamie was part of that crew for several years. He was really a sharpshooter. On short courses, he would just almost shoot perfect, and that's what he did at the Indoor World that one year. He just ate that course up, and he won it all. You had,
2: you had told me at one point that Jamie could have been, he had his choice, he could have been a professional archer
1: or he could have been in radio. I would think that for sure. If he had to put the time he put into radio into archery, I think he could have made some money shooting a bow. Well, I did see one of the
2: payouts from the world uh, championship and it was a paltry $150.
1: That's for amateurs. <laughs> if you go pro, it changes. But at, like, outdoor shoots, I've won as much $6,000 shooting. So it depends. What is it about
2: archery? Because Jamie would leave the state of Michigan November 14th, November 15th. He would get out. What
1: is it? I think it has to do with the bow. When you shoot a bow... It calls you to mastery. It, you start. Sh- people shoot close to a bullseye and they smile and they're like, I can do this. And they always wanna do it better after that shot for the rest of their lives. It calls you to mastery. It takes you to this place where you don't hear the guy next to you. You don't hear noises, voices. It's a silent place, and your bow is another appendage of you. People, especially hunters like him, they knew every inch of drop or rise coming out of that bow clear out to 50 yards. They know their bows. It's a piece of their body. They shoot it hundreds of times sometimes every day. You've been here at ShoePex Sporting Goods in, in
2: one form or another for how long now, Don? 32, I think, 32 years. Um, McKibben was famous for if you were out and you were riding with him, he would look at you and say, "Hey, I got to stop right over here it's just it's just going to be five minutes that 's all it's going to be it 's going to be five minutes and thirty five minutes later he was still there, and this was one of those spots where at
1: it, pecks. last time he came in here I don't, a few days before his trip there or whatever, or maybe a day before uh, he just stopped in. he was talking to me about his kid's basketball team and blah, blah, blah. And He sat there for 15 minutes. Jamie, just talk to everybody. I don't care where you went, he's gonna hold you up because he knew everybody in town and he liked talking and everybody liked talking to him too. He was a good folks, good folks. Him and his brother that left with him, this Bud Miller, they were really good men. They were kind of men, if you had a catastrophe in the middle of the night, They were the guys to call, that's who they were, and they were cool. Sorry. Thanks a lot. Thanks. (laughs)
2: Don, what is the most lasting memory you have with Jamie as
1: it involves the outdoors that you can tell me, that you will tell me? I was going to say, my most lasting memory, I would never tell anybody, but there was a guy named Terry Reynolds who was a top five Matthews pro that was with us, and they tagged out early on this bear hunt. Like, it we're stuck there for seven days for sure, and they so they both got bears, and so had I. So we're just sitting around and fishing this stuff, and there's a falcon's nest, and they built this giant platform way up in the sky for this thing to hang on so terry's drinking and jamie's having a couple beers and they say hey i'm climbing that thing terry does so me and jamie took him over there and watched him climb that and these falcons knocked him off of that and sitting there we're laughing with him it's like me and him laughed our asses off at that guy it was pretty cool anything else you'd like to say about jamie yeah i love you brother i'll let you go
2: Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoors show. I'm Scott Clough. And if you missed last week's episode, the first of a four-part series honoring the life and times of Jamie McKibben and his impact on the outdoors, you can go to Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes and download that podcast. While you're there, hit subscribe so that you can hear it each and every week. Big thanks to our sponsors, Mackey's Body Shop, The Beef Barn, Krupa's Boat Mart, Rage Broadheads, Knutson Sporting Goods, Wamplers Lake Road in Brooklyn, Powers Clothing, Addison Awning, Performance Automotive Northwest, Michigan Whitetail Properties, Hometown Heating and Cooling, and Shoe Sporting Goods. 2021 marks the 20th anniversary of the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show, and it wouldn't be possible without all the sponsors that I just named and all the sponsors that came before them. And it's no surprise that Jamie either had existing or developed new friendships with many of the businesses that you hear from each week. And next up is a sponsor who not only knew Jamie as a kid in high school, but spent a lot of time watching baseball with him. As Jamie's son, Walker, would often face off against his grandson.
4: I'm Jerry Slade. I'm the owner of Michigan Whitetail Properties down in Hillsdale. I don't really know, honestly, when Jamie and I first met. It was a long time ago. Uh, we're from the same area. I'm from Hillsdale. He was from the Pittsford area and went to Pittsford High School uh, I'm a generation older than him and I was I was friends with Jamie's parents uh, When Jamie was just a young boy uh, They were friends with it with a cousin of mine and and through our racing background and things like that uh, We had become acquainted but uh, in adult life. It was once Jamie got involved with the outdoor industry Um we got to be a lot closer friends at that time and uh, you know, it, it just seems like the years all kind of go together and, and uh, but you know, with the radio station and the outdoor show and all that and what I do and, and the fact that we're in the same, we are in the same circles, you know, with, with bow hunting and fishing and everything that we do. And you know, the people around Tom Knutson and Brian Schupek and in the local area and, and you know, so now, you know him. The the loss of uh, Jamie and Bud have been uh, something a lot of us won't get over for a long, long time.
2: You remember the first time you guys went out the outdoors mm-hmm. together?
4: I really don't, honestly. Um, you know, through the years. Mm-hmm. We've both hunted and fished a lot and, and told stories back and forth, but actually doing it together, I can honestly say that we didn't do near enough of it together. Um, uh, and that's what everybody would say at this point. Um, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss right now. I really don't.
2: What's the most memorable time? What What's a time that you've reflected back on since all this has happened with Jamie Outdoors?
4: Um, n- honestly, uh all the outdoor stuff aside, I would say the most – some of the most memorable moments, although the hunting and fishing and, you know, that's all great. But, uh, you know, Jamie's son Walker and my grandson Mikey are the same age and they, they play ball together and have played against each other for years now. And him and I – we're always at the same sporting events, you know, rooting against each other because we're they were competitors, not on the same team, and and just all of the back and forth uh, stuff that was more family oriented. You know, the outdoor stuff is kind of us guys type of thing, but that was more family. You know, and, and that stuff really, really hits home really hard. Um, but all the ball games, the tournaments, uh, sitting together in the 90-degree heat, you know, watching these guys play ball, and and uh, that's stuff that I'll, I'll truly, truly miss.
2: What was it about Jamie that age wasn't a issue?
4: Yeah, Jamie was, what, 43 Um and I'm, I'm a full generation older than him. So I'm 39, but I'm still a generation older than Jamie. <laughs> uh, it was – Jamie, age was just never a, never a thing. Um, he's just the kind of person that he was larger than life. Uh, he, he fit in in any age group. It didn't matter whether he was with twenty five year olds or sixty five year olds. He fit right in. He just he just did. He's just he is just one of the guys and and uh, you know, I, I hope that when my life comes to an end that I have half as many people as 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 Jamie has had that, that say wonderful things about him because he's one of them people that I, I have I have no negative memories of Jamie whatsoever. Ever of, of any kind. He's just one of them guys.
2: Were you on the archery league with him?
4: I was not on the archery league with okay. him. I probably would have whooped him if I was, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jamie. Oh I felt that twinge. No. No. Um, I I uh, I wasn't I, I wasn't on the archery league. I don't I don't shoot competitive archery. I I am an I'm an archery hunter like Jamie was and, and uh uh, we hunted very close together. We we both drove a 1,000 miles west to hunt in western Kansas, and we hunted about an hour away from each other when we were out there. So um, we did a lot of bow hunting and things like that, but I never competed in any archery. I'm, I'm not at that caliber. I'm too old for that.
2: So you are, are like Jamie in that. And Tom Knutson said this about Jamie just a couple days ago. He wanted to do everything he could to be out of town, out of state, on November 15th.
4: Yeah. Funny story. So last year, obviously, Jamie was in, in the midst of the acquiring of the radio station. And then on top of that, acquiring the radio station in Hillsdale, where, where I live and, and where he's from... Jamie and I had had numerous conversations about this, just the business end of it, because I've I've been a businessman in in business for many, many years. And and we had those business type discussions. You know, what do you think? What about this? What about that? Um, And so Jamie was here. So I thought I was in Kansas I left Kansas and was driving down I-70. I'd only been on the road for about an hour, hour and a half. And my phone rings and it's Jamie. So this was last November. And Jamie goes, hey, what are you doing? And I said, well, I just I just tagged out, so I'm headed home. And he goes, well, I'm in Kansas. Where are you at? And we were literally with about 10 miles from each other. And while we were talking on the phone, I was headed east on I-70 and he was headed west and we passed each other on the interstate just at that time because he happened to call me at at that time and he had just went through the whole process of, the, of acquiring the radio station. He was officially the new owner and he just needed to get away for the weekend and so he told Katina that he was going to Drive out to Kansas and just kind of, he didn't have a tag last year, so he couldn't hunt. He just wanted to go out there and just kind of relax. And the serenity and the peace of of people that aren't archery hunters don't understand the the peacefulness that we get just from sitting in a tree. It doesn't matter if there's a deer in front of you or not. And he was one of them people.
2: And and Uh, what was it like being approached by a a 20-something-year-old Jamie McKibben? Hey, sir, will you sponsor my outdoor show?
4: at first uh i just kind of wondered what it was going to amount to like a lot of young people that want to dive in but it was very very soon afterwards that i realized that jamie's the kind of person that if he did something he was going to put his heart and soul into it he wasn't gonna you know take a half ass crack at it uh yeah so uh and, and he did and he did and it was it did you know, it didn't take long at all, and and that that built into you know obviously what it is today. And his his legacy is something that'll never be forgotten in this area, as far as you know the outdoor show and his involvement with the communities and the things that 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 spidered off from that outdoor show and and you know like the 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 things that he does during the hunting season and things like that. We couldn't have been happier to to sponsor and support a program like that.
2: Was there ever a time that he wasn't trying to network either A, a new hunting buddy, B, a new fishing buddy, or C, a new property to hunt on?
4: No. (laughs) and and believe me so i own michigan whitetail properties and we are the top land sales company in the state of michigan not just the local area in the entire state jamie took full advantage of that every time (laughs) every every time we had a a local uh i I can remember a, a really nice property we had on sandstone and of course jamie lived on deering road so it was very close to his house and he and we worked back and forth about that property, and you know, trying to get him on it and let him hunt it, and and things like that. But yeah, Jamie was was not one. He was not shy to ever, uh, especially to me, I, I guess. I uh, but uh, he 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 took that full advantage of that, and I'm glad he did.
2: I, I would love to to have him back just so that I could observe him in a social setting and time how long it took him to talk about the outdoors and then after that find out how long it took him to invite somebody fishing
4: right right uh t- you know he was just like i said he was infectious he just it, kids everything he was he was never shy to to try to get somebody involved and uh you know uh, we had plans to go out on his new boat <laughs> You know this spring and and if it's one thing that that all of us should learn from this is don't put off till tomorrow what you what you think you want to do because tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us and and uh, but yeah hunting fishing getting kids involved getting other friends involved and their families involved uh jamie was all about that and 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 first and foremost jamie was a family man you know jamie was i don't know how many stories i had or pictures hundreds of pictures of him you know him and walker up north standing in the river you know fishing for trout and had a bear walk up behind him last year once and give him a little scare and uh but yeah didn't
2: he stop long enough for a picture with sure, the bear behind him? Sure he did. Okay. Yeah, a
4: couple of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not worried about Walker getting, you know, that bear was looking at Walker like a chicken nugget. but <laughs> uh, Wanted to make sure the bear and Walker <laughs> were in front of Wanted to make went. sure they got a good picture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Jamie McKibben?
4: He was just, uh, he's one of them friends that, that we will all miss dearly. He'll never be forgotten. He was a a wonderful, wonderful person, uh, both as as a radio talent, as an outdoor person, and just as a generally good father, husband, and friend.
2: Well, you just heard from Jerry Slade, owner of Whitetail Properties, and a big thanks to him and all of the sponsors of the Jamie McKibben Outdoors show for allowing us to continue with his legacy here with this program. You heard Jerry speak about Walker and Jamie and their experience on the river. I had a chance to talk with Walker McKibben about that very experience, and here he is.
0: Uh, We were in Colorado on a fishing trip and a family trip last summer. And a little bit of an unexpected turn after losing our key fob, which... Got lost in the sand, and that was one of the only times I think my dad's ever been mad at my mom about something. So that led us to finding the key fob on a trail of absolutely nowhere. So we were supposed to fish at a lake that night, but since we had to go all over for the key fob, we found the key fob eventually somehow, which led us right, which was right by a river. So we decided to fish that river, and then about 20 minutes in, I just can hear, like, crunching behind me, and I just slowly turn around, and about five feet from me, there's a 300, 400-pound-plus bear just sitting there. A bear? Yeah.
2: Was it looking at you? Yeah, it was right at me. Like, you were lunch? Is it? it was, pretty it was, much. Okay. Pretty
0: much lunch. It, was, it just sat there, and for a sec, it didn't look happy, and then... Like I tried to get my dad's attention, and he finally—he was already ignored, and kind of angry. He just looks at me, and his face just turned like literally so pale. <laughs> it was just scary, almost. But here's the thing, though, your dad sees the bear behind you, and he's scared. But he had—he took this picture, didn't he? Yeah. So no, he didn't even think about it with me. He just thought about taking pictures in case we die. <laughs> Was that the first time you fished a river? No, I fished many rivers in Michigan for trout. Uh, I fished for salmon and rivers, uh, just pike, everything they can really think of. But we, apparently, you're supposed to carry a handgun on you in Colorado, which we weren't. Yeah, that's so you
2: can really upset the bear before it attacks you.
0: Yeah, thankfully, it was kind of nice that it just wanted a drink. Thankfully, and it just. We walked away very slowly, and it just disappeared. Y'all close them eyes.
1: Let's go there in our mind. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays.
2: Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to Mark Bacon, Don Williams, Jerry Slade, and, of course, Mr. Walker McKibben. Next week, we're going to hear from one of the most outspoken hunters in the world as he shares his memories of Jamie McKibben and the Brotherhood of the Outdoors the one and only Ted Nugent next week on the Jamie McKibben Outdoors Show. In the meantime, take care of each other, watch out for one another, and please be safe out there. The spirit
1: of the woods is like an old good friend makes me feel warm and good inside and i know his name it's good to see him again cause in the wind he's still alive talking about fred